0: Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hingeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Andy Bagwell. Andy is a returning guest on the podcast. He is a University of North Carolina Tar Heels fan, Duke hater, and co-author of two books, Duke Sucks and Duke Still Sucks, which was recently published this year. Andy, we appreciate the time once again on the podcast.
1: Oh man, I'm so glad to be back on with you guys. It's yeah. great to see you again and and I really appreciate you having me on to talk about the second book and whatever you guys want to talk about.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, usually if we have when we get a guest on, we can, you know, we we kind of fire off our questions about that person, similar to what we did when the first episode we had with you. But we're going to have a little twist here we'll talk about the book your recent book the duke still sucks and then we're going to have sort of like a 21 questions world sam will ask a question i'll ask a question to you and they'll really focus on your fandom of north carolina and then your hatred of duke and then maybe other couple questions just college basketball related
1: Perfect. I'm ready for anything. I, and mm-hmm. and there has been no prep. I just, I will state for the record on air, you have not sent me these questions ahead of time. So if I sound stupid, you'll know why. Okay, I'm I'm ready though. Let's go. This sounds right. fun.
0: Yeah, of course. So, just to start, talk to us about The Duke Still Sucks book that was recently published. Sam was actually able to purchase a book uh, a couple months ago. So, talk to us about that and you know, what's in that book and how do you think the process went of writing that?
1: Yeah, it was it was crazy. So the first book came out more than 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about now. So, you know, over the years, uh, Reed Tucker, my co-author and I, you know, something would come up and we would like text each other say, oh, dude, this is going in the sequel. You know, like, oh, Grayson Allen is tripping people left and right. Oh, we, That's going in the sequel. Um, you know, oh, Zion Williamson, maybe he got paid to go to Duke. God, that's going in the sequel. You know, just so many things over the years as we knew would happen. Um, and so, you know, we never really did a lot with it occasionally and we'd write a little something just for the heck of it. But, you know, about a year, almost two years ago now, Chachowski announces his retirement tour. And it was as awful as everyone thought it was going to be. You know, all of the horribleness of every time he goes somewhere, you couldn't get away from it. And then with that whole thing, and then the way that it ended in the glorious fashion of the final four with Carolina beating them, Reed and I were like, this is like the basketball gods speaking to us and telling us, you have to write the sequel now. So, yeah, so we, we started the, the, the last summer. Started writing it in July after the end of the season and everything, and uh, then finished it up and published it in February of this year. And yeah, it basically, in terms of what's in it, Stephen, it, it basically just picks up where the last book left off. So the last book, you know, a lot, uh, kind of ended right when uh, Austin Rivers came to Duke. So there was nothing about Grace and Allen in there. So, of course, we had to write three chapters on Grace and Allen and, uh, you know, all the things that have happened since then. It was, as it turned out, it was kind of a turning point for Duke. That was almost the exact time that they, flipped over and uh, Coach K sold his soul to go the one and done route. So we had a whole you know, section about uh, one and dones and, and that kind of how that went or, or didn't go. And then, of course, you know, that last year, the retirement tour and, and how it all ended was, was definitely some material in the book and lots of other fun stuff in there, too. But yeah, that's that's kind of the, the why and then the what. Uh, and we just took it up right up until, you know, we, we had to stop writing around December was when the book when the book uh, was, finishes up.
0: What's one thing that you wish you had put in to the book? I know I actually tweeted you, uh, mentioned you on Twitter. I think it was back in January or February with one of the incidents where a Duke fan uh, catfished a player. Was that a, an honorable mention that you wish you could have added?
1: Yeah, it, it is, Stephen. And the thing is, like, I always say this, the hardest thing about writing this book is knowing when to stop. Like you every I swear, I promise you guys <laughs> we were we were we were finished twice, mm-hmm. fought twice and and then something else would happen. One was with pa- Paolo Bancaro. He said something about something in the and we were like, all right, we got to bring the bring the you know, stop the presses. <laughs> we got to put this back in. Another yeah. one was Kyrie Irving did something. so it it's, it's it, there's there's things like that that just happen as as we go that I wish we could get them in. but you know that's material for the next one. Like check again in ten years, and we'll just have to keep it all. Uh, you know, catch up again. So uh, there's stuff like that all the time. It's it's uh, it's a never-ending it's a never-ending source of great material.
0: Oh man, absolutely. Um, so we'll start with the the twenty-one questions. You know, all I'll, right. Uh, it's more of a you know back and forth. So I'll ask one. Sam, will ask one. So unfortunately. Um, the question that I will ask you, um, it might be difficult for you to answer, but give me one word to describe the 2023 North Carolina basketball season.
1: I mean, this one's easy, disappointing. Uh, you know, it was the most, I have been following Carolina basketball for 35 years and it's, and it sounds like hyperbole to say this, but I, I, I can't remember a more disappointing season. Um, so that's a multi-word answer to at one word, but it is, we can talk about why that is, but it, it was, it's disappointing was definitely the word to describe this past year.
2: So, uh, coach K coach K is your least favorite college basketball coach of all time. Who's your second least favorite coach of all time in college basketball?
1: Oh man. Great question, Sam. Um, I can't say John Shire yet. Uh, Wow. You know what? I really did not like Gary Williams when he was in Maryland. Now, this is reaching in the way back machine, but that dude was sweaty, whiny. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll tell you, though, a more recent example uh, was definitely Jim Beheim. That dude, I mean, and I was glad to see him go. Another just whiny dude, just always complaining and nothing good to say. The zone, come on, dude, play a real defense. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, no that that's probably my my least favorite, um, you know, second second coach. There's, that's a great question, Sam. I have to I have to think about it. I'm pretty I'm pretty zeroed in on that that one rat looking dude. So
2: yeah, it's tough to say. Yeah, Jim Beheim. I would say KU fans probably would say Beheim is probably like their most hated. 03 was definitely the reason for mm. it. But Bayhaim is just, he just whines and complains all the time. Like, all the time. And he just runs a stupid zone defense. And it just somehow, he'll make these deep runs because nobody can literally make a three against that defense.
1: Yeah. it's And, and barely gets in the tournament. He comes in in the 11th seed and then then makes it to like the Elite Eight. And it's like, dude, it's a gimmick, you know? Come on. So it was interesting to see how he went out, right? Uh, you know, it was kind of like, I think he's retiring? Well, not really. Uh, the, <laughs> he kind of got like shoved out the door. So I don't know. I don't think that that's not a man who comes across as making many friends in in uh, in his daily life. So
0: I think a lot of people were more like, "Oh man, he's retired. We can move on with our lives." Like, thank you.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I mean, he was definitely. I'm sure the Syracuse fans, any Syracuse fans listening to the podcast, would say that. You know, they were like. Okay, it's time to move on. It's time to be done yeah. with this. We need a different era. Um, and and you know he was just hanging on to try to see if he could pass Coach K or do whatever he, what he was trying to do. He was he wasn't gonna. That was the only way he was probably gonna leave. Either that or or you know feet up feet first on a gurney or something. Who knows.
0: So next question I got for you is Tyler Hansborough the most Duke player to ever play at North Carolina.
1: A lot of non-Duke and Carolina fans would definitely say that, um, but I don't think so. But ha- so so the, the word that I always think about with, with Duke players is entitled, right? They're all entitled. Um, they're arrogant. Um, so, you, you know, I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a Carolina player in the past that people might have thought was, you know, a more in, a entitled guy you know, the funny thing is, I don't know why this guy comes to my head, because I happen to know I happen to live in the same hall with him. He wasn't this way, but he looked this way was Matt Winstrom. Now that's again a way back machine for for you guys, but you know, he was around that t- same time as Leitner at Duke, had a similar hairstyle and and was kind of a big, you know, clunky white guy. But I don't know. That that's i I would I would argue pretty strongly against Hansbro, even though I'll bet KU fans or other fans out there would say no, no, he's just like Duke. He was good. He stayed in, he was in school for four years. You know, he was, he was a guy that everyone hated. I would, I would say uh, he's not Duke-like, but I could understand why he would be most hated. It, 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 and there's a strange distinction to make, mm-hmm. but, um, but I, I would say that there's a difference there. So I don't know. That's a, that's a good question now.
0: Before history is written
2: Right now, who would be the top five likable coaches in college basketball? Who would you say, who would you consider likable?
1: Yeah, um, well, I hate, I hate to say this because I can't style, stand the style that they play, but Tony Bennett. Now, all of my female friends would just swoon over this guy. So, like, <laughs> if, you, if you had a female audience, they would say, well, it's Tony. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think he definitely comes across as a pretty likable guy. So, Tony Bennett. For sure, um, you know there's a lot of like up and coming coaches that are that are. I'm I'm biased for Hubert Davis, so I, I think he's a very likable guy. By the way, guys, we can talk about this later if you want. I don't know if we sh- I shared this with you last time I was on, but I was actually hallmates with with Hubert Davis for the first two years at Carolina. So so he is genuinely a very likable guy. So yeah, so I'd say you know first off Tony Bennett, uh, Hubert Davis. You know, thinking about the rest of the country, gosh, there's, there's lots of guys out there. There's Like I said, there's lots of young coaches out there that I feel like are pretty likable. Who's the guy at K-State? Uh, the, the, oh, the um, Tang. Yeah, yeah. Seems like a great guy. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of guys out there. I, I wouldn't put Bill Self in that category. Oh, sorry, you know, but um, I, I don't know that I'd put him in that category. Oh, who about, who about you? Oh, like who, who comes to mind when on, for you for that question?
2: Uh, I would say, uh, well, Hubert Davis comes in my mind. Jerome Tang. I would say uh, Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. Like, okay. even though their teams haven't been that successful, I feel like he's a really likable guy. I like, uh, I like Bruce Pearl. Like, he's just this like really interesting kind of animated, kind of a funny, goofy guy. Yeah, this
1: that yeah, Bruce Pearl. Definitely a guy you'd want to go have a beer with, right? Yeah. Like, and so, so like frat guy likable. I don't know yeah. that he's all that clean of a coach. So I don't know if like that, that part of me has a hard time thinking, oh, he's like likable in that way. But yeah, no, I, I, I could definitely see going to some parties with Bruce. It, it would be a fun night, no doubt.
2: <laughs> we got another guy. Mike Woodson, I feel like is a really likable coach, like from Indiana. He's got mm-hmm. like the full suit on. Played for Indiana. Just seems like a really cool guy you'd want to like be around.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you another guy that I've heard. He does. He's not currently coaching, but Mike Bray, from, from used to be at Notre Dame. I've yeah. heard he is like a super nice guy and like fun to hang out with and stuff. Everybody you hear talk about him. So I hope he lands somewhere else. I mean, you talk about like like how Beheim was kind of run out of Syracuse. Gray wasn't run out of Notre Dame, but that was kind of a weird exit, you know, where he was just yeah. like, oh, "I'm not coaching here next year. Thank you goodbye."
2: So we talk about likable. Talk about your top five dislikable college basketball coaches right now.
1: <sighs> um, yeah, we were just talking about that. So I mean, it's definitely. Um, I mean, Beheim is not around anymore. Just this year, I thought I liked Nate Oats at Alabama, but man, after the way they handled yes. the Brandon Miller thing, I was like, okay, Nate Oats shoots way up there, and come on, we can't have Alabama be good in football and basketball. Like, that's not, that's just not cool. So I, so I don't like him. I, I, I mean, you know, some of the other guys that are out there, um, trying to think about, oh, I'm, I, I, this is, this is close to, he was Dookie. So Jeff Capel at Pittsburgh. And I used to like the guy because he was, he's, he seemed like a nice Dookie and he had, and Jason Capel, his brother went to Carolina but one, they've beaten Carolina the last couple of times. But they also have been super obnoxious about it. So he mm-hmm. is moving up on my on my most hated list right now. Um, so and of course it, I'm being very ACC centric because I'm thinking about the guys that we play right. all the time. Um, but you know, around the rest of the country, I don't know. I, I, Patino to me, he's a good coach, but it just so so slimy, you know. And I'm just like, yeah. I, I just don't know if I can like him too much. Calapari. Another guy that just seems just feels so so greasy and slimy. I don't know if i can if I can like that guy very much. um but but and and again, you know, it seems like the old blood of college basketball coaches is kind of turning over. So I really need to get to know some of these other coaches a little bit to really start to to think about who's out there that that's dislikable. Shire, I think right now is just you know, just kind of bland. and so <laughs> mm-hmm. you know no one really knows what he's going to be like. So uh, I, I'm I'm, hoping he does something stupid and we can all hate him for it. But uh, right now he's just kind of like me.
2: Yeah. I'd say Calipari's always been a number like top on my list. Nate Oates definitely shot up for me this year. Another guy, Eric Musselman, maybe because I'm mad about the round of 32, but like the fact he takes his shirt off, just cries about the officiating all the time it's
1: true it's true from a distance you might not find that like oh he's taking his shirt off he's kind of enthusiastic it's kind of funny but i can see how that would be annoying you know we haven't had a a run-in with him yet so he hasn't really gotten much on my screen um but yeah i could totally see that one yeah for sure
2: i'd probably say uh i i could definitely put both hurley brothers bobby and dan oh that's an easy
1: one yeah that's an easy one so yeah bobby Bobby, we wrote it. We had a chapter, well, a little section about Bobby in the new book. So, um, yeah. And then when I was writing that one, that was another one that just wouldn't end. I was doing the research and I was like, oh, yeah, Bobby Hurley did this. Oh, my God. And he did this. Oh, my God. And he did this. And he did this. And so, yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. I can't believe I forgot Bobby Hurley, another yeah. another dookie guy out there. And, and Quinn Snyder's is yeah. not in the not in the uh, pro. he's still he's coaching the pros still, isn't he? Quinn yeah, Snyder yeah, the
2: Hawks he's probably going to get about to get swept by the Celtics. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Okay, good riddance. That's right. And what well, I got one more Chris okay. Beard e- easy one for me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good one too. That's that's yeah. a good one.
0: Better North Carolina championship team, 2005 or 2009?
1: The eternal debate, huh? Right, Stephen. So, um yeah. I, I it's a tough one. I think 09. Um, I, I just I I know the guys. '05 was one of my favorite teams because you had that story of Jackie Manuel, Jawad Williams, Melvin Scott coming from the eight and twenty team to come back and win championship as a senior. But just looking on the court, um, you know that that 2009 team, of course, had Tyler Hansbrough, which was arguably the you know one of the greatest players statistically and accomplishment speaking in North Carolina basketball history. But to me, um, and I love both of these guys, but when I look at the play of Raymond Felton versus Ty Lawson, no one could stop Ty Lawson that year. I mean, he was, when, when the team figured out that the ball had to go through Ty Lawson as when the, 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 the switch turned that year and, and they became kind of unstoppable. Um, and, and, you know, you had, you had a lot of guys coming off the bench on that team. Tyler Zeller, who, you know, has been around for a long time, he was a bench player on that team. So I, I still think, uh, you know, 09 just barely squeaks out a win against 05, but it's a great debate to have for sure.
2: So, uh, in your first book, which was something that me and Steven talked about for years before I read the book, is Duke not playing any true away non conference games during the K area, the biggest crime in college basketball history?
1: There's so many to choose from, Sam. So I would say that is absolutely one of the biggest ones. And and then the subsequent, the, it's tied together, but the subsequent seedings that they got, you know, because they played such a soft schedule. So it, it is definitely one of the biggest crimes. It's more so the biggest crime. You're going to get me on a huge rant here, Sam, um, it, it, that that they never got called out for it. Like they would they would pull this crap every year and no one would ever call them out and, and point out like, like these guys are not playing anything tough. Now I'll tell you this though, like now with the whole, this whole net rankings and that crap, you know, that I think now you want to, that's actually a strategy that will improve your net by not playing any away games against ranked opponents on their home floor which tells you that the net is crap. So that's all, I, I mean, those two things together, like like if Duke did it and it was a bad strategy and, and and a big crime, to your point, Sam, and now that's something that's a positive in the net, that should close the door on that stupid system. I, again, I'm going to start on a rant down there for, for sure. But yes, I would agree with you.
2: Oh, I, I wish I could find somebody that I love me as much as Coach K playing at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Keep searching, Sam. One day, my friend, one day, you know? Yeah. So yeah, every time, man. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a neutral site game in the, in the middle yeah. of, uh, of New York where uh, uh, there's about the only collection of Duke alumni outside of Durham. So yeah, I got you, man.
0: Most frustrating Tar Heel player you've ever watched.
1: I know what you're teeing me up here for, Steven, and it's going to be a little bit of recency bias, but it is, Caleb Love is definitely up there. Now, I love the guy because of what he did against Duke, but I don't know. So, so frustrating might not be the most word confounding. Like, you know, uh, there's, there's other better words for it, but it, we used to just talk about the Caleb love experience as Carolina fans. And, you know, he could shoot you in a game. Like he practically beat UCLA. I guess it was in the tournament last year by himself in the second half. And then, you know, hits the shot against Duke. And this year just, was not the same player um so it's hard to think beyond that just because of where we are today but he's definitely one i mean there have been other guys in the past that i thought bryce johnson up until his senior year was probably one of the more frustrating players that i watched because he you could tell he had talent and he just could never tap into it now he he finally did you know Reaching way back, guys like Joseph Forte was really good, but just never could. You know, if he'd have stuck around, he could have been an all-timer at Carolina. Uh, you know that. The, but I, I think it's going to be hard. I think right now, most Carolina fans would say, would say Caleb Love, just because it, it's it's conflicting, right? There's this. He has this iconic moment in the history of Carolina basketball, but yet there were so many times in this what was a very disappointing year to your earlier question, where it just seemed like you know he, he he just could not figure out a way to win and 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 you know I, I was in the dome a couple of times this year guys man I went to a lot of the games and it was bad like towards the end of the year when he would shoot like you would hear the crowd like moan like oh like like a like a, a disappointment like when he would you know throw up some uh, step back three you 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 felt it that everyone 21,000 people in the dean dome were feeling the same thing and it's it's natural because of what was happening but it's also i it also made me feel bad at the same time cuz he it's he's just such a uh, you know such a divisive uh, divisive is too strong a word but player that that is just it's just crazy how the arc of his career went um but yeah he's he's got to be one of the more
2: frustrating ones to watch for sure is every time we touch the worst hype song in sports history
1: an entire chapter in the new book, Sam. So there is no doubt that the title of the chapter is The Wrongest Hype Song. It is wrong. It is not a hype song. It is weird. And it is so Duke. Like it is, I mean, the lyrics to that thing, it's like about unrequited love. And, and I'm like, what is happening here? Is this like what coach k wants the students and the fans to feel for him after he's gone is he getting a mandated that thing gets played and you know i just it is so weird and and it's gotten to the point where everyone makes fun of duke for it right because it, but they're so right. not self-aware that they think it's kind of cool and it's their thing and it's different and that's why it's cool it's like no it's not it's horrible it's horrible you need to stop it we get a real song so i was hoping that you know, Shire could have gone a long way with with UNC fans this year. That would have been disappointing because we love to make fun of them for this. But if he'd come out and scrap that song altogether, but man, it is weird, wrong, awful, and a little bit creepy.
2: Sounds like a song that you'd hear in a uh, high school romance uh, film, not a uh, freaking game with a bunch of NBA lottery picks being played in it.
1: It it does. It's your your spot on. It's like a, it's like one of those montage songs. Like the couple, you know, gets together and they go to the skating rink and it's playing over side and you just see them kind of smiling each other and skating around and then yeah. they go share a hot dog together and a Slurpee <laughs> with two straws. And then and then they get separated and one's longing for the other one and then they get back together all in the in, the, in, the, in one song. So, yeah, it's horrible. It's 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 weird. It It is. Is it not the weirdest thing that that anyone has ever seen in college basketball? I just I can't think of anything more more odd. Yeah,
2: it's like I watched a couple videos on YouTube of them playing that song and like the fans getting hyped up to it. I'm like, what is going on here?
1: They have a little dance. They do their. This is a. I don't know if this is, it's not a video podcast, but they pump their arms up and down. You know, it's like side to side. Kay even did it during his retirement uh, announcement. I was like, what is happening here? What I, it's it is so bizarre. It looks like some sort of like jazzercise thing that they're doing their arms. But again. This is the camera crazies. These are Duke fans that we're talking about. We shouldn't be surprised by this, but yet yeah. we we are are appalled and 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 aghast at at this at the horridness of it. So it, I I can't explain it other than to just sit back and laugh at it. It's 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 insane.
0: Which of the five Duke national championship teams so 91, 92, 2001, 2010, or 2015 did you personally? Heat the most.
1: Oh man, you guys come in with the heat. Um, okay. So ninety-two was really bad. That was my senior year at Carolina. They were back to back. You know, they were a dynasty. They were they were the new everybody was talking about them being the the an unbeatable dynasty. Um, now let's see. Was 2015 Butler was that against Butler? Was that no UConn oh, 2010 Wisconsin. was Wisconsin? Was 2010 Butler? Yeah. Yes. So that's probably the one that irked me the most um, because that that was they absolutely just backed into that. Right. So, I mean, the roads cleared for them and Butler now, Brad Stevens, great coach at the time and stuff, and everything. But but it felt like they just absolutely lucked into that opportunity. And then at the other end was was a mid-major team that was a little was the stage was a little too big for them. And, and it also irked me because I believe it was it Gordon Hayward Haywood that that was on that team and he missed the shot like at the buzzer. It was like a half court shot, yeah. banked off the backboard, hit the rim. If I believe correctly, and that irked me because that would have been the ultimate dagger. Like Butler it would have been Hoosiers all over again. You know, like like the team out of nowhere hits a half court shot at the buzzer to beat Duke in the championship. That would have been beautiful, but the the inverse was equally as painful. So. I have to say those two are probably the ones that, that stick out to me the most um, with 2010 just, just edging uh, 92. And, and the other reason 2010 hurt was because 2009, and I wrote about this in the second book, but 2009 Carolina had just won the national championship. K, well, they were actually down. Then that offseason, uh, Harrison Barnes announced for Carolina over Duke. And it was one of these moments in the rivalry where Carolina fans were like, it's over. We won. Duke is nothing. Duke is done. And Carolina is going to dominate. You know, Roy Williams had won two championships in four years. And then Duke comes back and, and kind of backs into that national championship. So that one definitely was, was the worst for me.
2: Who on Coach a uh, coaching tree do you dislike the most? Uh, I mean,
1: I, I, you know, Bobby Hurley's probably right up there. Um, and we talked about him earlier, but he's definitely up there. Quinn Snyder is a guy that creeps me out more than anybody else. And, and, mm-hmm. I, we, and we wrote about all these guys in the new books and, and had some really fun things writing about it, but like, I'm not convinced that that Quinn Snyder is, is, is he, that he's not a walking corpse. He doesn't look like he's quite alive, like that he's maybe like stuffed. And as there's a, there's some puppetry going on there. I'm not sure what's happening, but um, so he's up there. Uh, Bobby Hurley, just for the pure whininess. I don't even know if Wojo is coaching. I think I saw him on the television, like, like caught you know, doing analysis this year, which was really annoying. So he was really annoying. You know, so there's lots of guys like that that are that are out there. Um, some of the guys like Chris Carawell, who's an assistant coach is is pretty annoying because he was the guy that kind of had beef with Hubert Davis. Who has beef with Hubert Davis mm-hmm. um, yeah. last year? And uh, yeah, I mean, the list could go on. It, there's there's but those are the ones that come right. I'd have to go grab the book from the bookshelf here, and I'll just flip through it and I can tell you all of them. but uh, yeah, for sure. those those are the ones probably for for me. How about for you guys?
2: I'd say Quinn Snyder has to be number one. Quinn Snyder was at Missouri. So the KU Missouri rivalry during the like mid 2000s. But it, it was funny. I was listening to a podcast called Ain't No Sea to it's a KU podcast. And mm-hmm. Jeff Graves, a former player, was on there, played at KU. And mm-hmm. he was at, playing a Juke. He was a Juco player. And Quinn Snyder came up and recru- was recruiting him. And Jeff Graves said that. Quinn Sider was coked out when he like recruited him. Like he was like high and drunk. And he and like he apologized to like, Jeff Graves saying, Sorry, I'm drunk right now. But he's trying to recruit him to go to Missouri.
1: That's crazy. So maybe that explains a lot about what type of players he got in Missouri and how that tenure ended, right? You know, because <laughs> yeah. it didn't end well for him there. But maybe that's that's why he doesn't look like a uh, it's like he looks like he's been dead for three years because uh, maybe he's, he's treated his body pretty bad over that time, but that's crazy. Uh, I, that's he's definitely, uh, you know, one that I'm glad he's not in the college basketball ranks anymore.
0: Right. Which NC tournament loss uh, that North Carolina suffered you think hit to the most?
1: Uh, this one's easy. This is a way backer for me. Um, 1998 Utah final four. Um, so, uh, that was one, that team had Antoine Jamison, Vince Carter, Ed Cota, Shaman Williams, Mac Jai. And, and, um, I mean, that, that was an incredible team. I think they only lost four games that whole year, but that was a team that was so much fun to watch. Like it was one of the best passers in Carolina basketball history and Ed Cota throwing lobs to Antoine Jamison and Vince Carter all day. I was in the Dean Dome when we beat Duke by like 20 points and Ed Cota threw the, back, threw the pass off the backboard that Vince Carter missed the dunk on. It was probably the greatest mince, missed dunk in Carolina basketball history. I was convinced that they were going to run through the tournament um, and, and just w- win walking away. And they won a, those, the early games leading up to that final four. They were blowing everybody out. And then they walked into that game and just got, uh, got beat. And it was bad. That one hurt bad. So that's number one for me, and that, that again goes back a, a long ways for uh, for most most folks. But the other one, more recently, that 2012 year, right? And it was less the loss, but what happened against the Creighton, against Creighton, right? So, and it was KU that I think eventually beat Carolina that year, but that was a team that was also poised to really go far in the tournament, right? Um, but. Kendall Marshall broke his wrist against Creighton, um, you know, and then, and then I think we had Stillman White as our part starting point guard against you guys. And that, would, that didn't go well. But the thing is, I mean, eventually, of course, Kentucky won that year, as you guys know. But we had played Kentucky at the beginning of the year and lost like on a last, like, I think we had a shot to win the game and Anthony Davis blocked John Henson's shot. So it was a close game, was a great game. And I always, that one hurt because I felt like was one of my favorite teams. They were really good. Um, and they just, they had a, you know, a bad injury that, that really prevented them from what I thought would have been a really, really good chance at a championship. So that's probably right up there as well in terms of disappointments.
0: Follow up 2016.
1: Well, that didn't happen. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, obviously yes. So that, that one, and, and the thing is though, that team because of what happened the following year, it doesn't doesn't hurt as bad. Now, I will will tell you a quick story on this. But if they don't come back and win it in 2017, absolutely. Because I will tell you, the moment that Villanova game ended and and Jenkins hit the shot, I I did some sort of mind magic in my head and just like walled that entire experience off and did not even think about it for like you know six months and just pretended like it did not happen. But because of that pain that that next year was was made was so much more joyful and because of that redemption you know track that those guys took. So so it was very disappointing, but without that low you didn't have the high the following year. The funny thing is I just I, I just found I was cleaning out some stuff and I found a ticket I had bought on April 4th, 2015. I had put twenty dollars on the Carolina North Carolina Tar Heels to win the 2016 NCAA championship, I would have won 180 dollars, and mm-hmm. I didn't because of that Chris Jenkins shot. So I I, I, I didn't. I for, honestly, I forgot about it. Like I put it on. I'd put it on the year before, and then I put it away somewhere. But so absolutely, Stephen, very disappointing, but balance out of of the next year was was you know made it made it palpable.
2: If you had to create college basketball hell, what teams, play-by-play announcers, and sideline reporter would you have? Oh my gosh! Wow, man, you
1: guys are you guys are killing it tonight. Um, I don't know if this guy. This again. I I used to really get annoyed by Dick Vitale. I don't anymore. Um, I used to get really annoyed by Billy Packer, and then he retired. So, uh, and of course he passed away. So it's like, so it's like, you know, I shouldn't speak ill of a dead man, but that he really used to annoy me because he was so, so um, hoity-toity. Right now, the guy that, that, that comes on from a color analyst standpoint is, is Corey Alexander. He was a former Virginia player. and I don't even know if he's doing big 12 games, but he's doing a lot of ACC games and he's awful. He talks about everything except the game. So he would be up there um, in terms of of that, and then you can pair him with just about anybody, and I'd hate it. So on the sidelines, oh man, um, I don't know. I, I I mean, like I guess uh, you know, there's there probably it's probably some former player, you know, that would annoy me, that would be over there trying to say things. But for the most part, the sidelines don't don't annoy me. But Corey Alexander drives me nuts. Um, I actually love to listen to Bill Walton if it's not a close game. But it's a close game, then he's really annoying. That would be a hell, Sam. But when yeah. it's not a close game, he's hilarious, and i and I don't yeah. mind listening to it. And, and but yeah, other than that, uh, that that would probably be any mix of of that uh, would probably be in there. I don't even know like play by play guys. Um, it, it's just whoever Corey Alexander gets paired up with, because they, he just he just gets him off, gets this person off on a riff um, somewhere. I, I had I did have some issues with Deb Antonelli this year. I think she was talking, you know, out of a rear end about some Carolina player at some point, but I don't even remember what it was. Um, but yeah, there's it, they don't annoy me as as much as as much as uh, they used to. I can kind of tune them out for the most part.
0: Well, the good thing is you could watch the game and you could just mute it.
1: I do mute it. Yes, I do indeed. I'll turn on like Jones, Jones, Angel, and uh, and Eric Montross to listen to those guys. It's easier now to like time it up than it used to be. So yeah, it's easy to turn down the sound for those guys for sure.
2: Right, Dinky B does really annoy me now. I'm glad he's uh, cancer free, but it's still he's still really annoying to listen to.
1: Yeah, he is. He is, and he's getting older, so he doesn't really bring a lot of basketball analysis to the table anymore um so he's he's definitely annoying but he doesn't bother me as much as I used to I don't know why I don't think we're getting him on a lot of our games so I maybe it's just because I haven't seen him as much but back in the day when he was on every Duke Carolina game when it was on ESPN and so that definitely more annoying then but I think I guess now it's just I don't see him as much and so
2: and I don't have a problem with him I do love listening to Bill Walton just like it's like because it's funny because I don't care at all about Pac-12 basketball and he just like just will just say a bunch of random stuff, and then like I love like Dave Pash is like the perfect guy to pair with uh, Bill Walton, mm-hmm. and I love it like Bill Walton will just mumble about something, and then like the next sentence is Dave Pash, and he like and he hits the three.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Yeah, he's perfect. He's perfect like- to team up with because he kind of knows how to how to fight through it, and then let him ramble, and then just come right back to the game. He's really good. He's really good. <laughs>
0: What is one former Duke player you wished played for North Carolina?
1: Um, actually, surprisingly, there are many. Um, I, I even though Grant Hill lectured me when I when during the Christian Laettner thirty for thirty premiere, I wish he'd have played at Carolina. He seemed like a likable guy. This is gonna sound weird, but Brandon Ingram. So, so Brandon Ingram was a kid that, that grew up in Kinston. That's where Jerry Stackhouse is from. That's where it's there. It's a Carolina pipeline. And he just happened to come up at a time when all the crap was happening with the NCAA stuff. And he, in every other universe, this would have been a Carolina kid. And, um, and, and obviously he's had, he's gone on to have a really, really great pro career. So he, that, that annoys me that, that he did not play for Carolina. Let's see who else. you know, I, I, I know this. I, I mean, I, I don't ever wish for a University of Christian Leitner to play for Carolina, but he almost came to Carolina. That was what's what's kind of crazy. And let's see, who else? Yeah, I mean, those are the two that, that kind of pop up more recently. I'm sure there have been guys over the years that, that uh, I mean, another guy that, that we made a lot of fun of, but Shavlik Randolph was another kid that I always felt like would have would have prospered at Carolina. And a lot of those guys, that those big men that came through that just inexplicably went to Duke to go set screens for JJ Reddick for, or Grayson Allen for three years, they would have you know, been stars at Carolina. And it always annoyed me that some of these guys didn't come to, to Carolina, but um, yeah, there've been a few over the years that, that I, I find a little less objectionable that, that I would have been, I mean, honestly, Zion too. I mean, I never, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, he's, he struggled, but like, he was a guy that a lot of people, Carolina fans thought he was coming to Carolina. He came and and Phil Ford even told him he would take down his number 12 jersey out of the rafters so he could wear it. And as much as I hate the fact that he went to Duke, I don't hate him. I mean, he's, he seems like a likable guy. He was admittedly really fun to watch when he was playing, you know, he was an incredible athlete. So he's another guy that I would have liked to have seen, you know, come to Carolina because I just didn't, I don't want that stench of Duke on him. And maybe that's why he's having so many problems now staying healthy because he shouldn't have gone to Duke. Take that, Zion.
2: Uh, What school would LeBron James fit at better, Duke or North Carolina?
1: I think Carolina. Um, And not, I don't say that just because I want him to, I would rather him be there, but I just feel like, um, you know, LeBron is the type of guy that, was, was very much a team player. I mean, like, you know, looking to pass the ball would have been um, a, a guy that I think would have fit in really well culturally at Carolina. I just, you know, because I don't see him, and maybe he does, and I don't see it as much, but I don't see him as like a flopper, you know, or, or a guy that would just, you know, get go slap the floor and do all the stupid things. Uh, I, I know that when he played for Coach Kagan on Team USA that he really liked him and stuff like that, but I just think that was a different dynamic and I, I felt like, you know, he's a guy that would have really fit into that, that team first mentality at Carolina and, and really thrived. Although I think it's pretty clear the kid would have gone to Ohio state, right. It would, it would have gone to school. Isn't that right. the, kind of the, the consensus? So yeah. Yeah. I think it have been a better fit at Carolina. I'm sure Duke yeah. fans would
2: say no way. Love coach K would have mm-hmm. come to Duke. Eh, whatever. I, I was list- I watched the uh, redeem team documentary on Netflix and there was a, In the beginning, we was talking when they were talking about Coach K being the coach and LeBron was talking about how when he was growing up in the city, he was taught that he had to hate Duke like that. He, so he hated Duke growing up. So I definitely feel like he would have been a Carolina guy just because he, just the hatred he had for Duke as a kid, just growing up. Yeah.
1: and, And that's the thing, like, and we wrote about this a little bit in the first, in the second book, the, um. Somewhere along the lines, like Duke became cool to go to, which is not cool. I I don't like that at all. So we gotta we gotta switch that. But yeah, no, none of these kids wanted to go to Duke whenever whenever uh, they were going up. So yeah, you're right. He would have he would have definitely swung to to the Carolina way for sure.
0: So we obviously, as a North Carolina fan, know your hatred for Duke. What's your level of hatred or dislike for NC State?
1: Well, I live in Wake County, North Carolina. I am surrounded by NC State fans, so it is pretty up there, right? It's it's pretty up there. I think. uh, Now, the other, the only thing I have to temper this a little bit, guys. So my daughter actually went to NC State as for college. Um, So so, but but she's not a really big sports fan, so it wasn't like you know that was a big there was a big thing there. But state fans are just really annoying. And and I have a lot of friends that are state fans. And so but it's also really easy to uh to hate on them because they haven't won anything in in a lifetime. I'm sure before you guys were born was the last time they were relevant. Um, but uh it's more so in um football season, because they're usually pretty competitive and Carolina's like, you know, up and down on that. Um, so that's definitely a big game where I don't it doesn't rise to the level of a Duke Carolina basketball game for me, but it definitely is a game that like I will get so worked up that sometimes I do have to turn it off and walk away from the television um, and, 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 you know, step away for a little bit. So I would say it's, it's definitely up there. It, it, I don't know that I would say it's a consistent number two for me because it, it comes and goes. Like during basketball season, for the most part, yes, they beat us once this past year. For the most part, we have owned them in basketball for the last, you know, long, long time. So and like I'll go through stages where like in basketball where like I really hate Virginia or I'll really hate Pittsburgh these last couple of years, you know. So uh, it's definitely not a consistent always number two, but it's it's a it's no doubt never drops out of the top five at any at any given point in time. Let me ask you this. Is NC State even relevant where you guys are? What what's your impression? What are KU fans impressions of NC State?
2: they we just don't care about them like they're just there <laughs> they're just like a they're just a school like right
1: yeah they don't and that's the problem that they have and that's why it's kind of fun to, to hate on them because in their heads a lot of them they think they're on par with duke and carolina from a national brand stare, standpoint or if they know that they aren't it really pisses them off like that they aren't you know and then they feel this like little resentment against duke and carolina because they sh- think they should be up there and, we even brought basketball to the Carolinas. Yeah, that was the '50s, dude. No one cares anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but that's—I'm glad to, to hear you say that, Sam, because I, that's kind of my impression—is they're not relevant outside of yeah. Wake County, honestly.
2: The only thing I can think of with NC State is Phillip Rivers just being in, from the KC area, and he also yeah. they beat KU in a bowl bowl game too, in like 2004, I believe.
1: Philip Rivers is a guy that, you know, you can almost see him playing basketball at Duke, right? I mean, kind of yeah. whiny and like, and, uh, you know, just just odd. And so, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's another guy. Of course, they hang on to him forever. I liked another fun thing to do with NC State fans is you, you talk to him about um, that awesome Wisconsin graduate, Russell Wilson. And, and yeah. just, did he go to NC State? Really? I don't know yeah. that. And that really annoys him. It's fun.
2: So uh, in the second book, you had three parts on Grayson Allen, which I'm surprised there wasn't five parts because you probably could have done it. What's the Grayson Allen moment that made you the most angry?
1: Uh, It was absolutely the hip check of Bryce Johnson, right? So the other games, um, so this is, I don't know, you guys, this is going to sound weird, but I really cannot watch Duke play basketball unless they're playing Carolina. I, I have to choose when I want my blood pressure to rise or not. And so I, I watch them and I just get pissed off. And I'm like, this is a game that I don't care about. I'm not going to watch them play Florida State um, because I, I just, I don't need to get this angry in my life. And so for most of the Garrison Allen trips, I didn't see them live. I would just get, my phone would blow up and be like, dude, you got to look, of, you know, turn on the TV, you got to see what happened. And so, and then of course, I'd watch clips the next day and stuff. But of course, Bryce Johnson, hip check, you know, we're it's against Carolina, we're playing, um, it's a tight game. And it wasn't even called. Like, I saw it happen. And he just absolutely, you know, sticks his butt out. Bryce f- falls sprawling to the floor. And I'm like, and I jump out of my chair. I'm like, that's what right. happened. I don't even know if I was forming words, guys. But I was like yelling at the television, like, yeah, you got to call that. You know, and of course, they went back and reviewed it. And they, they called something. But, but that one absolutely infuriated me. Because, you know, for a moment, I thought he was going to get away with it. And it was so intentional and so dirty. I was just, I was just so mad. So that one, no doubt, pissed me off more than anything else.
2: The tripping It was like Eon, I think. Elon, he, like, yeah. The dude, and then he just yeah. like loses his cool on the side, like acting like he did nothing. <laughs> he, like, Terrible. Clearly, like-
1: yeah, I was like, dude, and yeah, he lost his mind. That was kind of enjoyable, right? It was kind of crazy how how you know this temper tantrum they threw on the on everybody's trying to console him. And, and he just will have none of it. It was just so funny. But uh, yeah, he was he, it was crazy writing. I mean, th- yeah, you're right. We could have had five chapters on him. But um, we, we ended up just, just cutting it down to three because, it, it, I mean, he was such a huge part of that 10-year span since the last book. It was just like
2: we got to dedicate a, a good chunk of real estate to him. Right, and then even in the NBA, he's still like doing this the same thing. Like Alex Caruso, when he like injured him in a game last year, he became the most hated man in Chicago, and yeah, and him getting thrown out of a summer league game, like yes, twice.
1: So I mean, he, you know, he that's the thing is we and we write about this in the book is <laughs> like he never learned his lesson, right? You know, if you know he, it would never any consequences for him at Duke. He got he got an indefinite suspension that lasted one game. Um, so why would he even stop? Why wouldn't he keep just doing what he was doing? So it it was crazy. but I, I'll, I'll tease it a little bit for you guys for the people if they want to read it. I, I will say this though. Um, you know, we I collected all this material on him, and then I started really digging into his background. And you have to read about it, but like, I, I actually found myself a little bit conflicted sometimes with him. like he he was not one of these guys. That was a complete jerk in high school, and everybody always knew. Like Christian Leitner was a guy that was getting into fights in high school and all that. This was not Grayson Allen. So you 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 can read what our conclusion was as to why he you know turned out the way he is. But I will say that there were parts of of writing about him that I was like, man, is is this is this guy not a bad dude? Like for instance, he was like he and Joel Berry, who was one of the you know national championship winning point guard for North Carolina. They were like really good friends in high school. They played AAU together and stuff. So I'm like, that, that does not compute. Like Joel Berry, ultimate competitor, guy that led Carolina to a national championship, loved him as a player, not a jerk. How could he be really, really good friends with, with Grace Now? So I won't spoil it, but it was really, it was conflicting at times writing about him a little bit. But in the end, you know, he, he, he continues with his antics to this day.
2: It was super funny. Like, uh, in, it was like the, in December, uh, Ryan Clark on ESPN made a Grayson Allen comparison when he was like comparing to Mac Jones when Mac Jones like went and tripped uh, Eli Apple. So we finally, so Grayson Allen's got himself to a level where people are comparing him and other sports when they do something like he did at Duke.
1: Yeah, he's the ultimate tripper now, right? So he if you yeah. somebody's getting tripped in a sporting event, it's it, we should just call it a Grayson Allen, right? I think we can just rename yeah. that right here officially, right? Okay, yeah. we're in.
0: Um if you have to save one dookie from a burning building, oh my god, and, Steven. And, and oh you got god. Christian Leitner, Mike Shoshevsky, or Steve Wozanowski, who are you saving?
1: Oh, oh man. <laughs> I I'm sorry, I don't see a burning building. I'm gonna walk the other way. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'm gonna answer honestly here. Let me think about this. Um I ha- can only save one or I have to save one, and it's Wojahowski, Leitner, or or Coach K. Um I, I I'm all right. I'm gonna save Coach K. Because no, no, I know, stay with me here. Because and I think this is going to happen anyway. The man is already going to be was you saw what happened at the uh, during the retirement tour, right? He's lionized. He's okay. he's he's you know becoming a saint. People are giving him gifts and kissing the ring. If that man dies in a house fire with two of his players, the stories that would come out of that, is, oh, he was trying to save Christian and Steve, and like you're going to get me off on some fantastical rant here, Stephen. But like that that to me is like the stories that would happen. At, because Coach K died in a house fire with his two players, I'm going to save him to pre- prevent that media frenzy from going on. So I, I want to say something for the record, too. I have never been asked a question even remotely close to that. So uh, congratulations
2: for putting me in that place. Thank you. Oh gosh. So, <laughs> so true or false, North Carolina versus Duke is the best rivalry in all of college sports. Um,
1: I, I, true. I think it is. I mean, the ones that come close are Auburn, Alabama and football, but, uh, I think college sports for the duration, for the, um, the distance, there's a lot of things that make it the the greatest rivalry. I, and the other thing is, and I think this is an awesome argument to have by the way, but, uh, one of the last chapters we did in the new book is kind of, we called it is the rivalry dead because after that, Caleb Love shot, and Coach K gets, you know, rides the golf cart out of out of the out of the um, the dome. There, you know, everybody was like, I mean, there was countless national sports folks who came on and said, "That's it, the rivalry's over." And so, you know, we'll, you can see what we wrote about it. But um, I, I did a study. I, did, I looked at every game that was played in the Coach K era, Carolina versus Duke, and 42 years, the final tally was 50 and 50. Like exactly 100 games, exactly split. Less than like 10 points separated the entire, um, you know, the entire 100 games. So the, the, the closeness um, of, of the back and forth nature of the rivalry, uh, the longevity of the coaches, the players that have come through, the incidents um, over the years, you know, Bloody Hansborough game and all of that stuff it's to me, it's unrivaled. Um, and I don't know, honestly, with the way that college sports is happening now, I don't know that there ever will be a rivalry like that anymore. So I, I, I'm i biased, I know, but I, I I do think that's, I think that's hard to
2: argue against. It like the last Carolina game in the final four, kind of reminded, it reminded me of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, like when, when they blow up the Death Star at the end and like, Anakin joins the light side again. That's what like Duke Carolina, that game felt like.
1: Yeah, it was except, you know, Darth Vader in this case, coach K did not have a light side and he did not come back to the good. Um, And there was no Anakin inside of him. He was just destroyed and sent out to pasture. So it was, it was that epic level of feeling of, of just the, the finality of something that, that no one could imagine. So it was, it was crazy. And I, shed so many tears that night guy i was like i was inconsolable and with of tears of joy it was a it was an incredible feeling to 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 be part of that uh, you know to to witness that that rivalry in the way it came out like that it was crazy
0: oh yeah man absolutely and so my last question for you you mentioned how your daughter graduate of nc state could you or have you ever dated a duke fan
1: thankfully no um i'm trying to even think back to like i mean i've been married for 20 almost 28 years so i have to think back to what dating was like you know no i can't i don't think anybody that i ever dated in my time uh was a duke fan or or became a duke fan and um and thank god for that right um, it, it's just, I can't, I can't fathom. And I know people that like, I have a really good friend that I work with and she's a huge Carolina fan, like, like on my level. And she's married to a Duke rat. Now he's, he's like a not normal Duke person. So I don't know how they do it, but, but he, but it's, it is crazy. I can't imagine because it's such, you know, for better, for worse, probably for worse, it's such a core part of my being that I can't imagine that, being able to look past that. Um, I used to joke with my kids when they were going to college. I was like, listen, if for some reason you want to go to Duke, one, you're going to be paying your own way. And two, you're going to have to pay me the equivalent in tuition to me personally just for the embarrassment of me sending my child to Duke. Uh, that was They knew it was going to be an expensive proposition. But I, and I have friends who like have sent their, or thinking about sending their kids to Duke. And I'm like, listen, if your child can get into Duke, then there are lots of wonderful universities that they can get into and, and go to that are much better than um, But no, Stephen, I, I can't imagine doing that. And, um, uh, and, and I have friends that are Duke fans. We just don't talk about that kind of stuff. But if you're dating someone or, God forbid, married to someone uh, and, and you've got that cross rivalry, you know, I can't imagine if you, you, you have to talk about it at some point. You know? So how that goes, I, I don't know. I don't know how people do that at all, for sure. I, I, I know I couldn't.
2: Uh, what Duke NCAA tournament loss you the most outside of the Final Four in 2022?
1: Which ones did I enjoy the most? All of them. I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, I think we wrote about uh, several of these that we in the, in this book. We had several of the, the wor- their worst losses since 2012. So you know, Lehigh, Mercer, the South Carolina won. I already talked about when they lost the national championship to Connecticut earlier or, or yeah. So, so, I mean, anytime they lose, it's a wonderful day. Um, so that that's, that's like picking your favorite child, man. I mean, the best part of the tournament is, is, uh, is when Duke loses and then I can just enjoy it no matter where Carolina is. So, oh no, all of them uh, for sure. I enjoyed this year's loss. I enjoy the them all. There's, I can't, I can't pick.
2: The Lehigh one, I, I enjoyed that one so much. Cause that was also the same day Missouri lost to Norfolk state. So it's very underrated day for a KU fan a two seed missouri and a two seed duke lose on the same day
1: that was a fun day and that that um that i mean we wrote about it you'll have to you can read about it in there and then the mercer one we actually did an interview with this guy his name is kevin Canavari. he, he was a player on mercer he was the guy that i don't know if you remember he went viral for doing like the nene after the after the uh after the win um so i got to talk to him for the book and it was great kind of hearing his experience but uh Oh, my God. Anytime they get knocked out early, it's just so much fun um, to 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 watch them, uh, you know, get all upset and and then watch them lose um, if they get far. It's it's painful for them. And I enjoy that as well.
2: <laughs> right. I, I wonder if Coach K gave him a lesson, the lesson after he did the nay-nay.
1: <laughs> oh, he probably had a word or two to say to him. He never said <laughs> t- he didn't tell me that when, when I talked to him for the book, but um, I'm sure if he happened to bump into him, he would have had a, a few choice words, um, yeah. for, for Mr. Mr. Canavari for sure. I'm sure uh, but, but apparently never caught up to him, but yeah, it was, uh, he was, he was slinking out of there, like a, to- a dog with his tail between his legs. So he didn't have time for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Dylan Brooks one was just real weird. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And he tried to cover it up. He lied about it. He was like, no, I never right. said that. And Dylan Brooks was like, yeah, he did. And here's his on video. He's like, well, you know, but yeah, it was it's it's always the same with him.
2: I remember I remember the 2020 season when like Coach K went and screamed at the like student section for when they were like chanting at people screaming. He's one of us. He's one of us.
0: Yeah. And then
2: then he used uh, Kobe Bryant's death as an excuse for him, like losing his mind. Yeah,
1: I know. It's always an excuse, man. It's always something with him. It's so annoying. But thank goodness we don't have to see his smug little face on the sidelines anymore. Although, I tell you, if I see one more freaking commercial with him in it, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to blow a gasket. So I thought, I thought I was done with him, and I turned on to watch the tournament this year, and he's, like, on every third commercial. I'm like, oh, my God, please get this man off my screen.
2: Yeah.
0: Him and Don Staley.
1: Yeah. Yes, Don Staley. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I mean, get her off the screen, too. That was fun to watch her lose in the tournament this year. So. Um, yeah. I've had enough of her too.
2: Yeah. Remember that one Guitar Hero commercial where like with Coach K, you had Pitino, Yeah, Patino, Roy Williams, and Bob Knight, and then like Metallica just like showed up. <laughs> that was weird. I had totally forgotten about
1: that, but that's right. And then yeah, Roy Williams came in like the risky business guy or something. I, I don't know as I'm flashing back now, but um, yeah, that was crazy. I'd forgotten totally about that. But yeah, I mean, but I'm done with Coach K. We don't need him in any more commercials. Just- go, go away, get away.
2: All right. Yep. So I got one more question to complete our 21 questions. All right. If you had had to write a book about another college team, who would it be?
1: Uh, It's probably Alabama um, because I like to sell books and a lot of people hate Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) um, But I mean, a lot of people you taught, you asked me about NC state earlier. Everybody's like, where I live here locally, they're like, oh yeah, you guys should write a team, you know, NC State sucks. I'm like, I'd love to write that book, but no one would buy it because no one cares about them. Um, so, you know, it's funny, Sam, you asked that question because after the first book, um, you know, and it went kind of crazy and all that. And, and it's fun to write these things, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Reed and I obviously talked, you know, about the sequel to this book for a while, but we also were like threw around the idea for a while. It's like, oh man, we should have a whole series, like, you know, Alabama sucks. The Dallas Cowboys suck. Manchester United sucks. All the teams that are kind of like the most hated teams and in, in other sports. And so I still, and I'm, I'm trademarking that right now on this podcast so that if anybody does it, they're going to have to pay me a royalty. But uh, the problem there is like, then I have to do actual real research and find out, uh, you know, all the things that happen. Whereas with Duke Carolina, I just rattle them off the top of my head. So, yeah, I, I I think I think Alabama's the one that's just current right now uh, because of you know what they've done in football. I think Saban is a kind of a hateable guy. You know, they've had some guys come through there that that were probably hateable. Uh, other than that, um, you know, it'd be hard. It's it, it's it's it, there's not a lot of teams out there, or programs that have the longevity. I think that somebody like Duke did, and so it's hard to hard to know for sure um, you know who might be hateable for a long term. But obviously, Duke. I mean we were able to squeeze two books out. They're hateable for a long time. Right? So yeah, uh, it's got to be them. And then, and then maybe maybe the Bama after that.
2: I thought one, one school in like the mid, like uh, a lot of people in the Midwest, I think hate would probably be a good book. Te- University of Texas. That's true.
1: Yep, that's, that's true. Everybody, and, and you've got a lot of rivalry schools with A&M, A&M and all the other schools. I'll tell you another team that a lot of people love to hate is Notre Dame
0: oh
2: so yeah
1: football so so that would be one that you could you know their fans are uh, for football they're they're borderline they're they're almost duke duke basketball fan level you know they're they're pretty obnoxious about yeah. about it but they just haven't i mean they've been good recently but yeah texas would be a pretty good one notre dame um you know so you, you go out west and you could think about like ucla and uh maybe that maybe something like that but they they haven't been as much of a powerhouse recently. But um yeah, there'd be some other candidates for sure, but um, I, I'd have to, I'd always pick some of those with a huge following because, like I said, it's I like to see the book sell, you know, so something like that. Uh, it'd have to be it have to be a big name for sure.
2: Yeah, Bamo, that'd be a really easy choice. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be. Yeah, so honestly, a write
2: a whole book about the SEC socks.
1: Yeah, you could. I mean, like. So I wrote it about Alabama, then I'd get all the other SEC schools to buy it. So I'd sell the hell out of it in Auburn, yeah. Alabama, Knoxville, Tennessee, um, Starkville. You know, all those places would be good, and that'd be fun little book tour too. You know, and go to all yeah. the stadiums. Oh no, guys, you got me thinking about this. Maybe I ought to get to work on that for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't this isn't a question that I had like before we started, but I am curious that it came up as because we're talking about the books that you could potentially write about for uh, schools or programs that suck. What is your like professional level, like professional teams that you just could care less for? You don't like you hate.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so on the football front is the Cowboys, right? Cause I grew up Mm -hmm. in North Carolina and our team, you know, we we didn't have a football team when I was growing up, the Panthers before the Panthers got here. So we were like the Washington, they were the Redskins. There. Washington Redskins was like the team we grew up with. And they, and they just had this rivalry with the Cowboys. And so I started hating the Cowboys. And then I, I inexplicably, I became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, same time frame when they were playing the Cowboys a lot. So easily, and, and the Cowboys check a lot of other boxes, right? Like Jerry Jones, my God. Right. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> need I say more, um, the, 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 the Jerry dome, the monstrosity that they built. They're America's team, um, you know, and, and, uh, and there's actually a really good book about this called Boys Will Be Boys, and the author's name is escaping me, right? That, but if you hate the Cowboys, you should read that book. And then baseball, easy one again, the Yankees, they're the Duke of, the, of, the, of baseball. Um, so all of the reasons, you know, they're really good. They've had championships, but they're also extremely obnoxious um you know and you've got lots of things to tell there so i can't stand them and i've also just again didn't have a a team growing up baseball wise i was an atlanta braves fan but they sucked and then they had the good run in the 90s but then i also in american league i was a boston red sox fan just because i thought they they had cool uniforms mm-hmm. so i the yankees so those two for sure i mean those are easy answers are kind of like you know you know pretty easy to pick but um I, I definitely they're they're definitely hateable. And then I'm not a huge EPL guy, an English Premier League guy. But every time someone tells me something about Manchester United, I'm like, yeah, dude, everyone should hate them. Like that sounds like the Duke of the EPL. So, um, mm-hmm. so for me, I think that would be the other one that just comes to mind right off right off the bat. Yeah. For, I mean, is that, is that for you guys? Is that pretty close, or what? What do you, what do, what do yeah. you think the consensus would be?
2: I definitely I hate them the Broncos the denver broncos is probably my least favorite since i i my family's from cleveland and they got heartbroken by john elway i don't know it was like the face of evil for my parents and there you go cowboy cowboys of course i kind of did like him when Ro- I, kinda, I was a romo guy when he was quarterback yeah. but then like when he left it was just easy to start hating them again and yep base, for sure. yankees for sure in baseball i'd say St. Louis Cardinals for me, just because I 70 series and their, their fans are, real, they're like pretty entitled. Yep. Pretty entitled yeah. I can see fans. that. I can see that.
1: Yeah. Dodgers too. A lot of people hate the Dodgers out on the West coast. I mean, they're popular, but especially recently, they, it feels like they're just, you know, buying the, the this, just spending and spending, and spending to buy a team. So I could see, I can see hating on the Dodgers too.
0: Yeah. Broncos, I think are up there. Cause both Sam and I are, chiefs fans and we live yep. in Kansas. um sam hates the yankees more than i do i don't like rude again i mean i don't want them to win but i also don't like despise them i would probably hate the cardinals more yeah um as a boston celtics fan hate the lakers yeah uh, but the celtics too and the lakers are teams that you can hate because they're name brand franchises And plus they've won a lot. If you have a program or a franchise that is big name has a lot of fan base and has won a lot, you're going to be hated.
1: Yep. I think that's very true. Celtics and Lakers would probably be those teams in the, in the, uh, in the NBA for sure. Yeah. I think those, those are the teams that would be for that reason they've, they've won a lot and they, you know, they, they, uh, there's lots of things to potentially hate about them. I don't hate either one of them necessarily um i I generally right now i hate any um nba team that has the most dookies on it so right now that's the pelicans um so i think that's they're like duke south so um that's generally you know the way that my nba pulling rooting interests
0: go yeah golden state warriors are also up there for teams that hate uh yeah
1: that's true uh, that is true
0: yeah uh unfortunately the uh Celtics best player Jason Tatum. I have a Jason Tatum Celtics jersey, not a Duke jersey, but Thank you. Um, yep. Um it just yeah. it does stink that he played for uh Duke, but I mean, it it is what it is. But hey Andy, we appreciate you coming on once again and hope you know you you have an amazing off season with the college basketball with the portal and everything. Maybe North Carolina gets a few names, but also just, you know, enjoy hopefully you can continue, uh, sell more Duke still sucks books and, uh, just enjoy, uh, you know, the rest of, uh, the summer.
1: Thank you guys. I really, I was, I was so happy when you guys reached out to me. I was wondering how you guys have been doing and everything. So really glad to come back on anytime, man, anytime you guys want to chat college basketball, Duke Carolina, give me a call and I'll I'll be more than happy to come on and honored to be one of the few returnees to the sports mecca podcast. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to football season. And, uh, you know, Carolina football fan, we'll see. It. Hope springs eternal, man. And and so even after kind of a disappointing close to the year last year for Carolina football, it's going to be fun. And Carolina basketball, you know, we'll see. Like we said at the you know, beginning, this was one of the most disappointing seasons ever, um, just because of the, the expectations when we started. So I'm definitely tempering my expectations this time. But yeah, it's... Who knows? Who knows what the team is going to look like and, and who knows what's going to come together? That's kind of the nature of the beast these days. And um, I will always be a fan and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully have a, have a good time, a uh, good year next year. And I hope you guys too, man. It's fun when Kansas is good and, and when we, we can meet up in the tournament and, uh, and play each other, even, even if, you know, like last year, it ended a little bit disappointing for me and right. top of the world for you guys. So, but thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. I always have fun talking to you guys.